Hey, Cracked fans, as winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Crack Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips. They've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro which all of you Gamma String users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma Strings, maybe now's the time to start. But they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, March 24th. Apologies for the delay in the release of today's podcast. I promise, listeners, it will be well worth it as we have the returning champion of all returning champions here on our Crack Rackets podcast. He is my doubles partner, my partner in crime, the co-founder of the Great Shot podcast, and the man I have had approve every idea I've had since 2014, making his return to our Crack Rackets podcast here tonight to help me break down the Miami contenders heading into the year's first men's and women's Masters and Thousand event. It's Maxwell the Bauer Rothman. Maxie, some habits die hard, so I'll say, hey, great shot. How are you doing, my friend? Man, you really missed me, huh? I always miss you. <laughs> if you guys are watching this video on YouTube, which I believe will be posted on YouTube, you will see the background of my Zoom here today. It's me and Maxie kissing our 2017 National Championship trophy. Brought out the big guns for today's podcast, Maxie. Yeah, it's, it's funny because that's your background, and I've got my plain old background it's actually different for the first time probably since we've been on the podcast so um yeah no super nice to be back uh, almost weird to be back on the mic um it's it should not have gone this long but uh, hoping to not let the you know distance uh carry carry much longer this is going to be the the longest break we will take for the foreseeable future i feel like you're nervous i sense a bit of nerves i it feels to me you remember when we played that crack rackets tournament in indiana that winter and it was our first time playing a tournament in a while you have that same look on your face and i you know i'm a new man by the way a thousand podcasts later please i come in here i'd be serving first here on this podcast today you will never serve <laughs> I first. i know i know but i'm no maxi it's so great to have you back. I am happy you're repping your black crack racket shirts with the red pocket or the orange pocket square. I'm going to unleash this coat right now. As always, great minds think alike. We've got the same shirt on. That's just how we roll. Always coordinated from start well, look, to finish. I, 
I know you thought I was nervous, which is why I brought a little help with me. <laughs> Not Whittle, unfortunately. I know we discussed this earlier. I would I would like for it to be that, but uh, this will do for the time being. No, it is, again, a pleasure to have you back. And how we want to start today's podcast in honor of having you back. I'm trying to think of the last show you were on. The saddest part, I can't remember. It's been you know, a lot it, of podcasts. It ha- So it has to have been an ace of the day because I was yeah. pulling up Magic Feed and if I go through logic, the the last one, oh man, was an ace of the day that we did in September. Oh my terrible. Devastating. Horrible. Oh. Six months. It's a no. six month hiatus. It was literally start of the pandemic podcast. So much tennis has happened since then. We've had Dominic Team emerge as a Grand Slam champion. We've had the Rublev it's not a resurgence, but that just works for alliteration purposes. But we've had the rise of Rublev. There we go. Uh, so many different storylines across the board. What we're going to do, unfortunately, I couldn't think of a more clever title in the two minutes while I thought of this segment before the podcast. Some things do never change. Is we want to let off a Rothman rant. So, of course, Westoff, give me a Rothman rant sound effect. Maxi, the the floor is yours. Your thoughts on, I guess, everything that's happened since September, but just, again, all things you are thinking about right now related to the tennis world. Oh, man. Um, you know, when you asked, when you told me I was going to get a little time to, to rant <laughs> but before this pod, I was like, okay, I got all these, all these things. Um, <laughs> and I don't even really know. There's so much. I, I mean, we just said six months. I'm not really sure where to start. Um, I guess I'll start with the most recent stuff that I just heard um, just, you know, looking at the field of players we have today, right. And we've got a, a rising group of next gen, both men and women. Um, and it's awesome to see. Uh, it's super fun to see new names in the draws, new names, making it further. We're, we're you know, I think for the first time too, seeing a name like uh, Aslan Karatsev just, you know, appear into, into the men's, you know, side of things. Uh, it, it's just clear that there's kind of a new changing of the, maybe not, maybe not a changing of the guard yet. We've still got, you know, the, the big three are still here. They're still doing their thing. Um, but I could, I couldn't help, but bring up uh, Novak Djokovic's father's comments from uh, today, or maybe it was yesterday, just saying that he's already the goat. Uh, he's not, I'm going to, I'm going to put that out there right now. He's not already the goat. Sure. He has, the most number one that's fine um until he surpasses the grand slam title counts i'm not going to call him the goat um he's getting close and and it's you know unfortunate as a you know federer fan and as a nadal fan even uh, to say that because i i just i don't want to see their kind of realm uh be be taken um so there's that i feel like i had to bring that up um can i pause you for a second just two yeah, seconds, sure. and we'll sure. go back and forth. I mean, it, would this be a podcast if you didn't pause me uh, yeah, at this some is point why, during my uh, two-minute un, uninterrupted rant? This is why we broke up for a few months. Uh, but, uh, no, I <laughs> – I missed you. That's number one takeaway. Number two um, – I was thinking about this today because I knew you were coming back on the podcast, and obviously I was getting nostalgic. For me, when I think about this podcast and its origins, I think your room, your senior year of college, my first year working in Ann Arbor, recording and just enjoying Starting it by stuff. saying your room is yeah. just a little too <laughs> sensual, sorry, but sorry. that's all right. Well, you know, I've moved sorry, to your other roommate, Connor Quick, uh, who I'm going to NCAA round of 32 games with now. But um, yeah. no, it's just like – 
in 2017, it was, can Fritz do it? Can Opelka do it? Can Paul do it? Can Tiafo do it? Can they just get a foothold in the top 100 and stick around there? And it's just yeah. how the conversation has changed four years later. I'm, I'm like happy. I'm looking back at those takes and I'm like, wow, we don't, we think of Fritz now and it's just kind of like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, he's a top 30 player, whatever it is, what it is. And it is crazy to think you talk about changing of the guards obviously that's the cliche version the generational shift is here the next gen is the now gen they win at the 500s they win at the thousands you know the last yeah. i think it was seven 500 Dude. or masters events have been run by either russians or alex Zverev, who's i heard a joke is probably more russian than all of the russians actually um mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's it's happened ct makes semifinals now Zverev makes quarterfinals routinely at the major medvedev does his things they're here I mean, dude, look if look at the seeds for Miami. You have Medvedev as the one seed, Zverev as the three seed. You have Rublev as the, what, the four seed? Yeah, or, and Tsitsipas the two. Dude, Fritz is a seed. Opelka is a seed. Demenauer is a seed. Uh, Sinner is a seed. Chapo is a six seed. FA is, I mean, dude, it's ridiculous. I mean, that these are all the guys that, like you said, we had in our, you know, next-gen top 10 ranking lists. Um, so, yeah, obviously really cool to see. Uh, look, I, I, there's, there's so much to talk about and, and I do <laughs> and about a lot of different things. Um, but I, I do want to talk about just what's going on now. I, I don't, I don't want to see. So can I give away. you, can I give you rapid fire version things I've wanted to ask you about on a podcast? Rapid fire that questions, we just sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Cause that's how that we roll. That makes it, that makes it easier. Yeah. We're back home. We're in our group here. Okay. Ready? A or B. I'm just going to fire takes. Talk about them as long as you want. Muruga, Muguruza, Muruga, Muguruza. Hey, great shot. Muguruza wins a Grand Slam in 2021. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I agree. I agree. I'm, and I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see. Say like. I'm trying to think of the no and like why it wouldn't happen. Is that Osaka turns out to be really good on the other surfaces too? That's like the only thing because Muguruza is the second best player in the world right now, and like Halep's still great on clay. Yeah, the Sviantek run last year was crazy, but we've seen Muguruza do it on clay. We've seen her do it on grass, and she's been the best, second best player on the hard courts now for probably she 15 just months. balls at Dubai, yeah. absolutely bald, and she could do a little um, of everything, right? Speed, yeah. length, power. Yeah, I, I could give I mean, you the her, record forty-one and ten in her last fifty-one or whatever. And and look, she she had all the chances in the world against Osaka match points. Aussie. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, right? Like, why not? Why okay. why isn't she winning a tournament? All or right, a Grand Slam. That's yeah, a yes. So yes. I like it. All right, which I'm going to give you the two generations of American men's players because this is our bread and butter. You tell me which group you like better right now. The OGs, Fritz, Tiafo, Paul, Opelka, or the New Bloods, Korda, Nakashima, Brooksby. Which team are you now? Because we're taking sides. I'm taking notes already. Oh, man. Tough questions. You know, no chaser. You're right in it. You're drinking that straight out of the glass, my friend. Yeah, I mean, who is who? Is it just those three that you named from? I the mean, if you gen? want Svida, oh, if you want, are you talking about Fritz that that crew? Or are you so it's about? it's Fritz Opelka and Tiafo Paul? No, the OGs, the OG okay. crew are the new guys. The OG crew seems a little stronger. Like I felt more confident in them. Like 
Nakashima is having great results. Um, Court is Brooks a beast. Court is a beast and, and has also had some really good results. I mean, we're, I think we, we have yet to see kind of the, the big results from Brooksby. Um, he'll get there. I, I don't know. I, it's tough. I, I think with, you know, Fritz, you're like, oh, big serve, big forehand. You're, you're confident that that can make it far. Uh, same thing with Opelka. You're like, he's got the serve. That'll get him far. TP is just a, an athlete. It's like, you know, like, look, like Nakashima. And I, I, I don't want to compare Nakashima to Mackie because I think Nakashima is better than Mackie. But, like, I, I see a similar pro life for him. Like, I, I, would, I think Nakashima will break into the top 50 at some point. He'll have some good runs. Um, do I think he has, you know, game? Maybe it's so tough to say. I don't, I just don't see the weapons. Um, I feel like all the other guys have weapons that I could confidently from like a young age say, okay, yeah, like I'm not worried about that in the future. No. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the OGs. Yeah, I appreciate that. Some people would just take Korda and not worry about the rest. I'm still Team Opelka more likely to win a Grand Slam than Korda because I know Opelka struggled a bit of late, but when it, it, it looks better. Like, he actually looks like he's gotten better this year compared to last year. The I mean, results the, just haven't broken his way. Everything's three sets. He's the best seven-foot mover ever. Yeah, and like pound it's for pound. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. crazy. It's crazy. And speaking of Mackie, 25 and 13 in his last 52 weeks. Guy is number 120 in the world, but he's finally healthy and he's playing like a top 100 Raider. Held, held on against Pospisil today. Yeah, I mean, and he's, you know, a guy who by ELO rating, which tennis abstract, again, since the rankings are a little bit off, it's more by who you play, not when you play and what round you play them in. Uh, Mackie McDonald, a top 100 player via, via their ELO rankings. You look right now in their yearly ELO rankings. Mackie McDonald. <laughs> Number eighteen player this year via their Elo ratings. That might be that's a, a, that's bit... a little that's a strap. Well, I mean, in <laughs> terms of the matches he's actually played this year, he has been a stud. Mackie McDonald, <laughs> fourteen and five in twenty twenty one with a challenger title, an Australian Open round of sixteen. Uh, yeah, he has been really good. That's probably a little bit too high, but yeah, even not in their yearly Elo rating, but in their Elo rating, which is the equivalent of the rankings. He's a top 100 guy right now. Um, all right, I'm just going to throw one more at you, I promise. And I know, again, because we want to get into Miami odds, we want to talk about the action we have here this week, and we'll get through some of Wednesday's results. Again, preview what we think is going to happen moving forward. Sviantec title run at the French Open. Uh, the run we've seen, obviously, from Osaka at the Australian Open, and we've got Kennan in the mix. We've got Andrescu Barty. in the mix, Barty in the mix, Sabalenka. I, I swear to God, she's winning a Grand Slam. Pliskova. I think it's it, they're just. I, I I don't know how to phrase it other than to say. I just like it's an embarrassment of riches in women's tennis right now. It's a joke. Like it's really a joke. It, it is, it, it, and it's funny because I feel like. I feel like we're going to get there with men's tennis in the next like five years. Like when it, like I, when we, when you get a much more prime OG American squad and a much more prime sinner chapel. And the next FAA. gen guys have one slams. Exactly. So I, I feel like that's where we're going to be. And the women are there now. You're right. Like, I feel like every time I'm looking at these draws, I'm looking at matchups. I'm like, Oh my God. These, <laughs> yeah. are, these are great matchups. Like all the time. Um, and it's funny too. Like I, I, I think uh, in the past, you know, given we're going to be talking about betting, uh, I think in the past I've been much more reluctant to bet on 
women's matches than men's matches because I, I haven't been sure where things are. And I think it's switching. Like, I think now with men, I'm like, like things are kind of all over the if place. If he in the serves well today, who knows what happens. Right. And with the women's matches, you know, there's there's a lot of great talent and I feel like I'm seeing some trends and I can rely on it a little more. And uh, I've definitely made some some more money on the women's side than the men's. So uh, kudos to them. And, and yeah, just it, it's fun. It's a fun time in, in the WCA. No, and that's a perfect segue as well because what we want to do today is talk about the odds, the futures odds for who is going to emerge as the Miami Open champion. Now what I asked Maxi to do is to give me his 10 favorites on the men's side. The women's conversation is going to be a little bit more brief because I think we all agree it's Naomi Osaka's to lose. Of course, we'll get to that conversation later on as well. But we're going to play a game of guess the lines. Neither Max nor I, and it's an honor system, but when you've got a foundation of a partnership like this, you can trust that honor system, folks. Um, it's just funny because I was in, at the Cleveland Challenger. Sorry, tangent. I was at the Cleveland Challenger this weekend. I got to interview the doubles team. So, of course, I always ask, a doubles partnership's like any relationship, right? You, there's communication. There's touching. You know what makes each other tick, all these touching. different things. Touching. You can't yeah, just use that. No, as no the reason I use <laughs> it, on. so you, you, everyone says that. But the reason I use it is because when you say it, if you play doubles, you will laugh every Every time and you're like he's not wrong it's like the high yeah, five yeah. it's like if you play I mean, if you're in the know you know that's not a weird thing to say because that is a part of doubles i admit on a surface level it's a weird question but like they all agree it they're like yeah they're like yeah, absolutely i probably touched you more than almost <laughs> any other person for... i remember i've told this story <laughs> before but high school my junior year uh, our coach is going through what all of the doubles teams do well. He's like, number four doubles team, speed. Number three doubles team, great serves. Number two doubles team, they get to the net. And he's like, Alex, Abe, great chemistry. And it was like, that's your compliment for us? We're your best doubles team, and you say we just have great chemistry? I was like, man, well, come on. I mean, there's, um, not, there's nothing like CeCe Bellis commenting on, <laughs> on how much we touch during the national final just – really diving into our uh, our chemistry on a physical level uh thank you cc that was that was great of you anyways trip down yeah, memory lane over of course uh that was a good segue because we want to talk about the odds here in miami talk about the men's contenders break down who we think is going to emerge who may make deep runs some of our dark horses play a game of guess the lines as well neither of us has guessed the odds i will reveal the real odds as well of course if you want to get in the action oh you thought 17 and a half minutes in there wasn't going to be a plug today <laughs> jokes on all of you folks of course today's mini break podcast is made possible by our friends at Midwest Sports, but we also want to let you know about our partnership and the limited time offer being uh, av made available to all of you Crack Rackets fans from our friends at FanDuel. New sponsor to your ears, Maxi. Our friends at FanDuel have a fantastic offer for all of you listeners. And yeah, there's Miami Open action going on right now, but you know what else is going on? March Madness. And in the spirit of of the madness, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new users an incredible opportunity to earn some cold, hard cash. Bet $5 on any of the Sweet 16 teams, say Maxi and my Michigan Wolverines, to win their game outright. Not by four points, not by six points. All they have to do is win the game, and if they succeed, you'll profit at $150 uh, with $150. And let me do the math for you, folks. $150 off of a $5 bet, 30 to 
one odds. That's the odds boost available after you make your initial deposit. You can take advantage of the offer by going to FanDuel.com slash cracked. That's FanDuel.com slash cracked, Maxi. 30 to 1 odds. You take that bet every time. You do. I have to just take one step back because I really, I think you missed an opportunity for a great pun. Cause I, and I thought you were going here cause you said FanDuel, our fantastic new sponsor. I thought you were going to say our FanDuelastic new sponsor. <laughs> I really thought you were going there and I was kind of disappointed. So just for next time. Uh, no, I made a, that, I made a promise there. to myself when my new year's resolution is to cut down on the puns because I know I abuse that. Well, that's a I lame mean, resolution. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to put, well, again, if you want our fan tastic <laughs> offer, go to fanduelcom slash oh. hey, great crack. shot. 30 to one. I appreciate that. 30 to one folks take advantage of that offer. I promise the players we're talking about here today are not going to have 30 to one odds. Maybe one of my top 10 contenders might actually have 30 to one odds. Yeah. But I don't know. That's a little high for top. And anyways, we'll get, let, well, let's get right into it because we want to start with our men's field here. Our men's favorite. It is, you know, it's not the more wide open of the two events. It's actually kind of – well, it is the more wide open of the two events because Naomi Osaka's in the women's field. But it is worth noting 19 of the top 20 women in the world playing this event in Miami. That's not the case here for the men. I framed it as 31 of the top 100 players are out of this event. I was scolded by Ben Rothenberg, who said I lost an opportunity there to say the chance 69 of the top 100 players are in. I was like, really, Ben? But I guess he's the best in the business, folks. So 69 that's that's surprising to hear from that guy. Yeah, I, I bring out the worst in people. But 69 of the top 100 players in action in Miami now, of course, missing from the field. Top 10 players, five of them. Djokovic, Nadal. Team Federer, Berrettini. You're also in terms of top 30 players missing Monfils, Carino Busta, Stan Wawrinka, Casper Ruud, and Borna Chorich. Now, realistically, Djokovic Funny Nadal. Rude as a team. top 30. Sorry, I, I just had to say that. No, that's the generational shift, my friend. But you want to talk former Miami champs in the field. John Isner, that's the only one. By the way, I was Who taking a trip to. Take lost a trip in the down finals in 2019 lane. to Fed. 2019 bachelor party, Las Vegas, late Saturday night. Not going to say he was in full control of his facilities, Max Rothman, but Max Rothman, dude, dude, let's bet on Isner. I'm like, we're not betting on Isner. I did Federer. not say that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You the same... are fabricating <laughs> no. all sorts of the same way you said I told you not to bet on Steve Johnson last night, I will admit well, you that. Did. I will admit that if you admit this. Uh, I will not admit or not to I would never say that. <laughs> what I what I might have said was was let's take the over, which I still don't think would have hit. Um, uh, okay, you know what? That actually is what you might have said, but it didn't <laughs> hit because he had to pull out with a knee injury, right? He pulled out I of know. the match. Yeah, he, yeah. But, he Anyways, that's like one of my last real world memories. It's like that that big trip. I, anyways, story yeah, for another crazy. time here. But also, oh, go ahead. Also, it's pretty significant that that's the case, given Miami didn't happen last year, and this will be a significant amount of points lost for Roger. Yeah, and again, 
only champ is Isner. Only former finalists in the field, Isner, Kei Nishikori, and then Alex Zverev. Hold on to that fact, folks. Also worth noting, and I don't have the year, but it's the first time, I think, since the 90s that there's not a world, a former or current world number one ranked player in the event. The only player in the draw with a Grand Slam title. Marin Chilich. That's where we're at, folks, right now. Those are some fun facts heading into it. But o- open draw, baby. Yeah, with that in mind, let's talk about these favorites. And I think we can separate things into tiers, as we so often do when you come. I am a one trick pony, as we so often do when you come on the podcast, because it's safe to say, right, that there are four players who, by their level, who, by their pedigree, are the four significant front runners? The question is, what is your order? Now, do you agree with me, Maxi, under that premise that Daniil Medvedev, Alex Virev, Stefano Tsitsipas, and Andre Rublev are your four front runners heading into this event? I believe they're your top four seeds as well. Yeah, they, so they are the top four seeds, and yeah, they have to be the top four front runners, right? Like, I think you'd be kidding yourself if you're taking anyone else. Um, it's going to be interesting given I haven't looked and I don't know how they do this. I mean, they're going to give Medvedev the best odds. Um, All right, so let's start there. Let's let's get right into it then. Daniil Medvedev is, I assume, well, I don't want to assume because I have him number one in my guest line, A, because I think he is the favorite, but B, I'm just like so confident that he will be the odds maker's favorite. No, they, and again, that's what I'm saying. He he will be the odds maker's favorite. They're, they're not going to make him, it's not like a, French where he's going to be minus, right? He's not going to be in the, in the, in the minuses. They'll, they'll probably make him a plus plus one fifty, I want to say maybe, maybe a plus 200. Oh, I just ruined it for myself. I saw it, but it's okay. My list is locked. All right. I, 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 how close am I? Say it one more time for me. Plus one fifty. So you guessed plus one fifty. I nailed it. Let's go. I got it exactly right. And we'll get it. So I'm, I want to ask you part two of this question in a second. But Daniil Medvedev, your number one seed, is your number one odds favorites in terms of winning this event. He and my guess accurately plus three fifty heading That's... into this event. Now, two you know two questions for you, Maxi. A for Daniil Medvedev, I, I mean, do you think those odds too high, too low? B, is he your number one guy? Yeah, he's my number one guy. Um, no, you know, I might have been a little too low on my guess now that I think about it. I mean, look, it, it's not like he's outright, you know, it, it's not like I think he's winning this tournament eight times out of ten compared to Rublev, Poss, or Zverev, right? So, uh, 350 sounds about right. It's it's been so long since I bet on futures. Um, I'm not really. I haven't really been doing that the last couple months. So I think that makes sense. Um, it's really going to change how I feel about the next the next three though. You know, they're probably going to have Tsitsipas and Zverev and Rublev. They might even have all three of them like right in the same corridor. It could be a uh, a Zverev plus 500 and then, a, you know, a Rublev Tsitsipas plus five, 550, like slightly below him. Or maybe the, the other way around where you got Tsitsipas a little above Zverev. Um, I think that, yeah, geez. But Rublev also, is, he's been on his streak, right? Like he's lost, what, one match out of the last 20-something? Yeah, so, I'm... 
I mean, so again, let's. So you, I, I was hoping to focus on Medvedev. It is good to have you back. Let's just again. Sorry, just, yeah. No, again, what, what, just to stick with the Medvedev piece. Uh, you look for the number one seed here this week. Uh, he comes into this week with a thirty-four and eight record in his last fifty-two weeks. Now, of course, that includes runs bad. to yeah, not too bad at all. Run to the Paris Master title. It makes a run to the World Tour Finals. A run to the ATP Cup title. A run to the Australian Open final. And that was what, like sixteen match win streak, whatever it may be. And he beat, you know, Djokovic a couple of times. He beat Zverev a couple of times. He beat Team. He beat Nadal. He beat everyone. And we've seen him win a Masters before. And it's also the feel good pick because no one right now is going to place their money on Alex Virov at all, even if he is still the leader in the clubhouse by every, you know, next-gen metric. It's He's got 23 finals in his career and 14 titles, but Medvedev's number two with 17 career finals and 10 career titles. And, like, yeah, Medvedev's the number two player in the world. It makes sense that he's the odds favorite. Now, why he's not the prohibitive favorite is because, yeah, he won the year-end finals, but Tsitsipas won it the year before. And Zverev won it the year before that. Yeah. And, yeah, he made I, I an Australian learned, Open final, but so have the other guys. Or so has Zverev, yeah. I think we've learned the year in finals as big of a tournament and as much as it means to those guys to win it, given the competition that's in it, it's a little bit more of a toss-up. I mean, we all know, look, that when it comes to two out of three sets, anything can happen. That's why we have, you know – a lot more variance in the results in our masters 1000s tournaments than we do in the grand slams. I think it's just, there is a level of mental fitness and physical fitness that the top 20 players have that separates them from the rest of the field. And that's what allows them to prevail in these grand slams and be a little bit more consistent with their results given that. Yeah. And look, you look at the ATP stats leaderboard and, you look at the tennis abstracts, that's leaderboard. There are three players who have been top 10 servers and top 10 returners by hold percentage and break percentage over the last 52 weeks. Novak Djokovic, Daniil Medvedev, and Andre Rublev. And Rublev's been better than the other two in those categories on the margins. And I've said it before, uh, if you look at the numbers, he served like prime Isner and broken served like prime Djokovic. He's broken generic statistics. And, of course, it passes the eye test as well. Now, why he's only plus 350 is because five of the other top 10 guys, so six of the top 10 favorites, in my opinion, in total, are all on his side of the draw. Zverev's on his side of the draw. RBA's on his side of the draw. Sinner's on his side of the draw. Like, uh, Rub- uh, not Rublev, excuse me. There's one other guy I'm missing. I mean, his, his next match very well could be Opelka, which yeah. is a dangerous, a dangerous third-round match. Exactly. And, like, do I think he gets through it? Absolutely. He's Daniil freaking probably. Medvedev. But uh, to be But that's also better... probably a match that I'm throwing some small money on Opelka. Yeah, but to be better than plus 350, you just have to be a prohibitive favorite, and no one in this field is a prohibitive favorite. No. Now, let's stay in this top tier. 2-3-4, Zverev, Tsitsipas, Rublev. Who's your number two? Well, just give me your order. Give me 2-3-4 and the odds you have associated with them. Now, now I'm now I'm torn. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Well, I'm, 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 all right. Sorry. Go, go for it. it. No, go for it. All right. I have Zverev plus five hundred. I have Tsitsipas plus six hundred, 
and I have Rublev plus 700, but I think Rublev will be the second betting favorite. So I think it should be Zverev and Tsitsipas, and I'll make the case for them why in a moment, but I do think it, I think Rublev will be number two on the rankings. And it's, again, 500, 600, 700. Yeah, I mean, look, Tsitsipas lost to Rublev in Rotterdam. Tsitsipas lost to Herbert in Marseille. And he lost to Zverev in Acapulco. So, okay. So, I, I think if you're just looking at that, you're like, yeah, he's, he's lost to all three of those guys recently. Um worse record than Zverev. I mean, I, I think they're probably going to have Zverev uh, above Tsitsipas. And I think Tsitsipas and Ruba would be closer than you think. Like, they, they might even have them at the same odds. So I'm going to go Zverev plus 500 and then the two of them at 600. So you think Zverev, though, will be second? Yes. Quickly on your Tsitsipas thing. I know he had the loss in Marseille, but Stefano Tsitsipas, 30-13 and 13 in his last 52 weeks. Yeah. Semifinals in Australia, semifinals yeah. in Roland Garros. He made the final in Hamburg. He, you know, um, I mean, again, you look in these, thir- uh, these 13 events he's played in his last 52 weeks. I don't think he has a title, but I think he's made the quarterfinals or better in eight of those 13. I mean, yeah. The air bear loss isn't bad, but like if you look at his last thirteen losses, it's Zirev, Rublev, Medvedev, Nadal, team to Ugo Umber, seven six, six, seven, seven, six, three set loss to Dimitrov, five set loss to Djokovic. It was to Rublev, to Sinner, to Chorich, to Raonic. You have to be really freaking good right now to beat Stefano Tsitsipas. He's been a rock. And so that's just totally. why I have it. I know he lost to Rublev, but he also beat Rublev, and I know it was on the clay, but he beat him in Roland Garros. And I just think that match is a pick 'em. Like it's whoever plays better on the given day. Now, my Rublev fun fact before I get to the live odds. Andre Rublev, what was it, 23 straight wins uh, on yeah. uh, the ATP 500 level. And as I mentioned, he is one of those guys who's a top 10 server, top 10 returner right now on the ATP stats leaderboard. He's 42-10 and 10 in his last 52 weeks of competition. We talk about it all the time. The best players in their best hit seasons in history win over 80% of their matches. He's on that sort of win streak right now. But... The fun fact for Andre Rublev, in his last three Masters events, two and three overall. That is the one thing. How many Masters quarterfinals does Andre Rublev have in his career? One. One Masters quarterfinal. Came 2019. He beat Federer, made the quarterfinals before losing to the eventual champion in Medvedev. I'm not saying he's not going to so, do it this so week. I guess this- I'm just pointing that out. Right. I mean, yeah. So, and this is where, you know, nobody has the the secret formula as to how these guys put together these odds. Um, It's really a matter of how much are the recent results being taken into account? How much are, how much is the draw being taken into account and how much is the matchup between those four guys? Cause I think they gotta, they gotta look at this as, you know, between these four based on recent results, how they are against each other, where their draws are. I mean, I don't disagree with you, Max. You just to clarify quickly what the head-to-head records are right now and what their last 52 weeks have been because it's essentially all toss-ups. Now, you know, Medvedev 34 and 8 in his last 52. Zverev 31 and 10. Rublev 42 and 10. Tsitsipas 30 and 13. They've all been legitimately 
top yes. 10 players, probably top eight players in the world. You could argue top six. Now, head-to-head, things get funky, right? There are a couple of lopsided matchups. Tsitsipas, one in six against Medvedev. Zverev. Two and five against Tsitsipas. Uh, Zverev, five and four against Medvedev, but he's lost his last three. Now, Rublev has struggled against all of them. 0 and two against Medvedev, 0 and four against Zverev. He is four and two against Tsitsipas, I suppose. So he's got that feather in his cap. But that's why none of them can be prohibitive favorites because. It's all essentially a toss-up, and if you're ready, I will tell you the real odds now. Well, unless you have any, quick, I was gonna I, say anything to add. I mean, I guess I, I think I'm gonna be wrong when I do this, but like, look, I, I think that maybe they should all be closer. Like, I, I think there there must be. I feel like this always happens where I'm surprised at how, you know, how much variance there is between them. But I really feel like it should be if we have if we know Medvedev's 350, it should probably be. Two of them are in the 400 range, and one of them is like 550. So I think so, Rublev might be 550, and then Tsitsipas and Zverev are in the 400s, 400 and 450. So I had my order right of what the bookmakers would be. It is Rublev second, but we have the numbers pretty much spot on. Rublev second at plus 450. I had Zverev second at plus 500. Tsitsipas and Zverev then tied for third at plus 600. So yeah. See, they're right, all in that, a bunch, and those are your only four players beneath plus fourteen hundred. Right, and that and that's why I was saying, I I knew I was going to be wrong in saying that they should be bunched closer together, but that's kind of how the odds makers always have it. There there is that bigger gap. But anyways, uh, that, yeah, yeah like, I guess that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. No. I, again, it's all in the relative range of uh of the i mean it's all just again the odds makers reflected these are your four contenders these are your four favorites i think we've spent enough time on them now we get to move into the funky stuff and i now see the official list i see some of the names i have listed i see some names i may have overlooked let's just start give me your number five player well, okay, before I give you my number five, can I just ask you where Karatsev is? Is he in the top ten? Karatsev is in the top ten, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, cause I, Which I have are, him you, as my Do you wanna do he's your number five? No, he's not my number five. I think I, I think I I well now I'm like switching up my list because now I'm all scared. See, no integrity. Had, Stick with your list. No changes from I, here on. I Don't switch your number, list. Don't be a cheater. I had him at my number nine. Yeah, okay. So I have him at eight. He is listed as currently by odds. Let's see. He is tied. Well, I mean, so there are three players tied for fifth. So fix, and then he's tied for eighth, which is where I have him in my list. Tied for eighth, tied for ninth, whatever. Um, we'll get there, though, momentarily. Let's start with number five because I think this is the most fascinating question. If it's not one of those top four, who is it going to be? I have my number five, who is uh, who is not one of the people by the betting odds tied at number five. He's tied with Karatsev at four eighth. But I feel pretty good about my guy, and, and unless you want to go first. Don't change your order. I see you changing your order in your face. You, the problem is you can't hide when you're thinking because it takes all of you to think. Um, is, is Chapo number five? I'm not answering who's number five until you tell me who your number five is. Don't cheat. I don't want to say it. Stop being a cheater. Just have some integrity. What's happened to you these past six months? Dude, You've changed. You've changed. No, I'm just kidding. A ton has happened. Uh, just um, say you're number five. Quit being a wimp. No, I, 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 I had RBA as number five. See? 
there's no shame in that because I also had RVA as number Cause, five. Yeah, because he's been balling. He's been so good of late, and it's a shock to me that he's the guy tied with Karatsev at number eight. Now, I had RBI, RBA listed as, again, the, in the next tier at plus 1,200. What were your odds? For RBA? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I – well, again, I, I was starting to change my odds. I was I was messing Cheater. with my but – but I had him at plus 1,000. Okay, so the the current odds for the three players tied for fifth are plus fourteen hundred. Now those three, yeah, players, that's a huge jump. Shock, yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, Shab- yeah, between the Shapo's got to be one of them. So it's the three players tied: Ranich, Shapo, and Yannick Sinner. Now I have Yannick Sinner. Sinner? So I have Sinner in the same tier as RBA. I agree yeah. with that, and I can make the case for you if you'd like, but can we do the RBA conversation quickly? Unless sure. you want to add. Yeah, so no, just, yeah, let's do RBA. Just the quick piece on RBA because, you know, he did win a title just a few weeks ago uh, in, uh, I believe it was, it wasn't uh, Doha. It was Doha. It was, it, no, no, he, no. Lo- he lost no, to No, he lost to GoFen. Excuse me. He's lost to GoFen in the Montpellier final. He lost He's in the lost Doha in the last final two finals, yeah. to Basilashvili, but... He's twelve and uh, he's twenty and twelve in his last fifty two weeks beat, in twenty twenty one. He beats Opelka, Bublik, Team, and Rublev all in a yeah. row. Now, what's so interesting is just he was so bad in Australia, and for some people, they could never adjust to the bubble. I mean, he went one and two in his ATP Cup matches. He loses to Radu Elbot first round of the Australian Open, but. He's been spectacular ever since, and you look at the numbers and how they've stabilized for him on the season. He's making 68% of his first serves. He's winning 72% of those first serve points, 52% of his second serve points. His hold percentage right now of 78.8% over the last 52 weeks, good uh, for about number 29 in the current ATP leaderboard, which isn't great, but you look at his break percentage right now, he's breaking 34.2% of the time. It's good for third, behind just Nadal and Schwartzman. I mean, he's serving fine, but he's just putting so many balls in play. He's putting so much pressure on opponents, and when we get to nut-crunching time, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, he's just going to put a lot of pressure on you. And I mean, I watched him survive against it was i think the rublev match right in doha where he just Mm -hmm. did just enough to beat rublev three and three and get him stretched to the corners and again it was last year at the western southern open i believe you and i had a shekel or two on daniel medvedev and rba ended up beating him in three sets and we were like what is going on rba is a giant killer like at at the end at the end of the day that guy can hang in with with really anybody and he's the kind of guy, too, that really gets to you, right? You got to play your A game when you're playing him. And he's the kind of guy where you think, oh, I can, you know, take this ball and, and put it in the corner and just kind of groove in. And I'm not going to worry too much. And then he surprises you. And then you're on the and then you're on defense. And you're like, oh, no, I'm all all of a sudden he's in control of these points. So, look, he's sneaky. Like, I think people don't give the guy enough credit. And, look, he he's – Burned me on a lot of my bets. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's guys that I'm not expecting him to beat, and uh, you know he's he's proved me wrong. And then of course I I bet on him to beat Sinner, and then Sinner takes him uh, in Dubai. So I guess it also makes sense too to segue into Sinner a little bit that he's in that grouping. 
Yeah, the Sin Man for me is uh, my number six player, and I had him actually tied with RBA at plus 1,200 odds. I suppose I'm pretty close with him given he was plus 1,400. Now, you look for Sinner who by Tennis Abstract's ELO ratings has been, uh, I believe, and it's not their yearly ELO, but even by their uh, career ELO ratings, he's been the number nine player you look by their yearly ELO ratings. Sinner uh, thus far this season. Let's see, where do we find Yannick Sinner? He's been number 11. So according to the numbers, you know, both yearly and by careers, which protects players a little bit better who haven't played of late, he's been a top 15 player uh, over these past really 12 to 15 months. And I mean, his record reflects that. You look at it overall, he's 25 and 11. In his last 52, the French Open quarterfinal, of course, sticks out, but he won the event in Sofia to end last season. He won the warm-up to the Australian Open. Now, he lost that incredible match to Shapovalov in the first round in Australia, but since then, a loss to Medvedev in Marseille, a loss to Karatsev in three sets in Dubai. Like, he only loses to players who are dramatically better than him or players who are playing him after he's played five matches in three days. Like, Yannick Sinner's just—Yannick Sinner's good, man. Like, I wish I was on the Sinner bandwagon sooner. Agreed. Um, Yeah, there's there's something about how young he is that I didn't give him enough credit in the rankings. I I had him at at eight right before— Karatsev at nine. Um, I went, I went Bo and then uh, Ranich and then Sinner and then Karatsev. Um, and then number 10, I went back and forth between Dimonauer and Dimitrov. There's my list, by the way. Yeah, no, that's a good speed round because we'll speed through after this Sinner pick. The, the only hesitance for Sinner, three and three in his career at Masters level events. He's never advanced. That, that's why I had him a little bit lower. He's just, he's so young. The, it's the... fair, but does that matter when there's no team, no Nadal, no Djokovic in the draw? Like, I feel like yeah, now more than ever. A, that's a level of but I feel like that only reliability matters. that you that you want and expect out of a player that you're betting on that will affect the I guess, line but it only matters on once him. you get to the quarterfinals. Like I'm saying before, like I think he's a pretty sure bet. If you look at his past results, that 25 and 11, he only loses yeah. to players who are top 20 opponents, right? You look for him thus far in his career against top 20 opponents, Sinner one in one. I guess it's just the two matches he's played <laughs> against Pass. Oh, excuse me. That's at the Masters level. In his career, he's 7 and 10 against top 20 players. That's pretty freaking good, by the way, for Proud a kid who doesn't turn 20 years old until August. Um, yeah, I mean, he only loses to, like, against top 100 players in his career. He's 28 and 26 already. Like, against top 50 players in his career, he's currently, uh, nope, that's not what he is. In top 50 in his career, he is currently 13 and 16. So, like, again, you got to be pretty good to beat Yannick Sinner. And a lot of the pretty good guys, unfortunately, aren't playing this event. So I just think when it's the best of the remaining, he's proven yeah. to be the best of the remaining. I mean, that's not true, by the way. A lot of the really good guys are playing this event, 69 in the top 100. But you get my point. Yeah, quick mini tangent. It's really sad when we first started doing these podcasts. It was like, oh, you know, Taylor Fritz and Tiafa, they're 19. And I'm like, yeah, it was 19 two years ago. You ready now, for a crazy fact? And now Sinner's 19. And I'm like, that was six years ago. Oh, no. Emilio Gomez turns 30 this year. 
I know. I read that as a stat at the Cleveland Challenger. I was like, he played at USC yesterday. I was like, Emilio Gomez is not 30 years old. He turns 30 this year, Maxi. I was like, yeah, oh, my horrible. God. Yeah, I was like, how old does that make us? Uh, too old is the answer to that question. Um, all right. You say your list one more time. So RBA and Sinner were my next tier of guys pl- tied at plus 1,200. The rest of the way, let's again, uh, just give me your non-top five or top four again. Give me your five through ten. Yeah, so, I mean, I had RBA, then Chapo, then Ranich, then Sinner, then Karatsev, and then I was torn between uh, Dimonauer and Dimitrov for ten. But yeah. and I actually was torn between throwing in Nishikori in there just because he's had some good results recently, and I figured the the odds makers maybe thought like eh, I don't know like he has a miracle run through the tournament, but I, I I didn't throw him in there. Who do you feel more confident in right now, Milos Raonic or Sasha Bublik? <laughs> Raonic. Ah, oh, jeez, now that I, I say know. it. And that's why, by the way, Rayonich isn't on my list. He's in the honorable mentions with Bublik, with Lloyd Harris, who can serve his way to a bunch of stuff. I have Fuchovic in my honorable mentions. I have Demonauer in my honorable mentions. But the rest of the way for me, I had FAA at plus 1,500 tied with Yeah, I do why I didn't have FAA in there. Yeah, I, I will always like him, and he was really good in Acapulco. If Karatsev goes and wins, follows up his win in Dubai with a win in Miami, like— I'll lose my mind. I just—that's why he's number eight for me. Like, I get he's actually the best pl- tennis player in the world right now, not named Novak Djokovic, but, like, come on. If he wins this event, like— If he wins this know. event, I, I, I don't know if there's ever been as crazy— uh, run out of nowhere like this maybe ever yeah no and then i have chapeau nine plus 1800 so not far off and then i just i'm all in on ugo and bear i just think he's really really good i just think he's a rock um he's everything i want Miamir kasmanovich to be uh and so i have him plus 2500 but here are your real top 10 odds for this miami open in terms of your futures odds. Again, Medvedev plus 350, number one. Rublev plus 452. Tsitsipas and Zverev plus 600, tied for third. Tied for fifth, Ranich, Shapovalov, Sinner at plus 1400, tied for eighth, Bautista Agut and Karatsev. And then number 10 is Oslan, uh, is, excuse me, Karen Hatchinov at plus 3,000. You've I also can't got, believe they even throw him in there. Yeah, it's amazing. You've also got Isner Nopelka, 50 to 1. FAA, 75 to 1 with Demon Hour. You know what, Maxi? Let's talk in my office after this podcast, please, about that odd, because that's too high. That just that is too high. I feel like you could play this tournament 75 times and FAA wins more than one title. Like, am I crazy? Uh, yeah you are that's why it's there hold on let me look up his draw let me look up his draw first before we talk about i know he's in that top half faa's got air bear then the winner of mackie isner then would have rba then would have medvedev okay that's why he's 75 to one now if he wins this event (laughs) then no one can complain about the fact that he lost his first seven finals ever again um you know again overall you look at this men's field I think it's going to be a really exciting event. I know there are some headlines players missing, but, like, I don't care. This is for us next-gen Super Bowl winners. This is everything. The only person I wish was in this was team. Yeah. Yeah, he belongs. I, I, really, I really would have liked to have seen him in there. And, and Delpo on principle. 
Well, sure. I mean, yeah. hopefully, I, I know you just had knee surgery, you know, a day or two ago. Hopefully that goes well, but uh, yeah. we, we can move on. No, for sure. Well, again, those are your men's favorites for your women's favorites. Uh, and we can go through this quickly because I think we all agree Naomi Osaka doesn't lose hardcore matches anymore. So, and uh, she's the prohibitive favorite. For the, for the sake of time, I'm actually just, I, I'm more just, I'm just curious. Where do they have Plushkova? Because she's runner up last year to Barty. Two years uh, ago, but yes. Sorry, Ray. I'm, I'm thinking last year is 2019. Um, do they have her in the top five or do they not uh, care? No, they do not. There's no way Pliskova's in the top five. I would know. Yeah. Pliskova is 40 to one. She's towards, yeah. uh, she's like 20th. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny how little they care about. All right. I'm looking at my own odds and how they reflect. Okay. So I'm just going to go quickly through mine. Just, because... just run it. Run through so it. So yeah. I had the top five players exactly right. I just had them slightly out of order. I had top two nailed to a T. Uh, Osaka plus 150. Muguru, uh, she, oh, she's Osaka plus 400. By the way, that's way too high. We're, meet me in the office immediately after class about that, Maxi. Uh, <laughs> Osaka plus 400. Then Muguruza plus 700. We should throw... Meet me after class, Maxi. Um, there will be a long meeting post class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then number three, and I had her number four, Ashley Barty at plus nine hundred. She's plus eight fifty. Halep ten to one odds. I had her at plus eight fifty odds in fifth. She's actually fourth. The person I had third is Arena Sabalenka, who's actually fifth. She's at plus twelve hundred. Then you have my honorable mentions. Bravey and Sviantek are literally your next two players. Those are the seven for me that I think. I would also throw Kvitova in the mix with that Brady Sviantek grouping. She's a little bit lower than them at twenty to one odds. But to me, as as topsy turvy as it is, those are the eight women who, if they play their best, will make the end of this event. Yeah, that's fair. I will say Osaka's draw isn't. It's not fun. She's gonna have to easy. beat Muguruza before the final, which on its own is like terrible. I mean, yeah, she's got some Janovic next round. It's not like the easiest second round in the world. I guess first round for her. Uh, most likely Putin Seva the round after that. And then you're, you're looking at, yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy draw for her. So um, Muguruza plus 700, it's a great bet. Yeah, they're all fascinating to me. And again, I know we're running through the women's results here, but it's mostly because, A, we've talked about them plenty on prior podcasts before. Uh, I talked about it a bunch with Ben about some of the most interesting players. But, yeah, I mean, look, I've spent so much. You've heard me say what Muguruza's last 52 weeks are a million times. You've heard me say what Sabalenka's last 52 weeks are a million times. I've been doing this metaphor since you've left, Maxie. I call it Serena Williams' power neighborhood where, you know, there are only a few lanes. It's an exclusive club. Uh, you, and, yeah. you know, Naomi Osaka is the number two in the club. She's got the second nicest property behind Serena. They hang out all the time. They go to the country club. They hit the golf course. You know the deal. Yeah, it's, I a, think, it's, it's, a, it's a mentor relationship, honestly. Yeah. She just joined the club. Serena's like, I'm going to bring you exactly. in, usher you through. You've seen me do it. You're the heir apparent. Exactly. Yes. Petra Kvitova is the member who gets to hang out whenever she wants. They're like, we don't expect to see you here all year long, but we're but you like, know, when, when you're, you're here, here yeah, we're having a great time. Your three months from February through April are our favorite three months of the season. <laughs> like it's it's always delightful. I think Sabalenka's a renter. 
I don't think they let her buy yet. I think you have to have a grand slam probably. The point is, does this metaphor work? Are you in on this metaphor? Sure. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> all right. That's all I ask for. Well, quickly, I want to run through some of Wednesday's results since this is a mini break podcast. And there were some results on the ground in Miami on Wednesday. And this is a good way to segue into some Thursday bets as well. I know you have for everyone, Maxi, you look for the men's results we saw on the day. Uh, the big three-setter, Francis Tiafo to end the night, comes back from a set down to knock off Stefano Trevic-Lia in three. My favorite set of the ma- uh, uh, matchup of the day, an Alex Gruskin special between two next-geners. Emil Rusevori, who we did a next-gen pot on in January, knocks off young sensation Carlos Alcaraz in three sets. Curious if you've watched either of them. I feel about Rusevori now the way I felt about Rublev back in 2016, 2017. The guy can just hit the cover off the ball. Carlos Alcaraz is going to Carlos Alcaraz is going to be outstanding because even on a quicker surface, he he just moves so well. But this match was everything for like this is the future of men's tennis. I agree with what you said at the top to come full circle. If these are the the first round matchups, sign me up. Absolutely. I also just want to pull. I mean. It was funny. I think I was scrolling through tennis Twitter earlier, um, and I think someone posted a picture of that matchup, the Rusevori Carlos Alcaraz match, and saying like, you know, can't wait to see this matchup for you know the next ten years. And Kyrgios comments, "Geez, I'm gonna poke my eyeballs out if if I have to watch these two for the like or something <laughs> something ridiculous like that," which I think is unwarranted given how talented the two of them are. Uh, I'm more on on the side of what you're saying. Like, look, if that's who we have in the first round, yeah, man, sign me up. That's crazy to think that that's a boring match to watch. Uh, so no, curious. When I, I watch Alcaraz, on this one, buddy. When I watch Alcaraz, all I think is twitchy. Like he is just the twitchiest. Play like everything is just so fast, so just explosive. It's just awesome. Like again, it's just this ball of talent and unrefined skill that just can swing, 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 and it works. And so, I, I mean, again, no, uh, no, again, when I look at all of these next gen players, Maxi, we we talk about the generational shift. Here are your winners: Tiafo, Escobedo, Lloyd Harris. Uh, Mackie McDonald, Cam Norrie, Alexi Popperin, Emil Rusevori, Mikhail Yimmer, all winners on the day. Now, of course, Yannick Hanifman, who got his career started around the same time as those next-geners, given he played four years of college at USC. Same deal with Marcos Giron, played three years at UCLA. They were also winners today. I can't say that same thing about Pierre Uzerbear or Jensen Liu. I, I missed Hugo Gaston, who's another yet next-gener. Laszlo Gier's like my age. Um, I mean, again, your thoughts on the men's results here, day one in Miami. I was expecting to be honest. I I, I had what a couple. Ernesto. I know. I, and look, I haven't seen a good result from Lorenzi in a <laughs> long time. Um, so I I had money on my boy Ernesto to, to win that one. It's a, it's a great dub for him. Uh, curious. I I think he has a a tough next round. Actually, no. He's got he's got Deuce on the Deuce. So uh, that's actually a pretty good matchup. I think for him, good opportunity for him to maybe get into a third round against a fellow American Tiafo if Tiafo can take down big boy Danny Evans. But uh, uh, interesting results today. I think all kind of what I was expecting. I am very excited for tomorrow's action um, and even more excited just for the second round in general. Yeah, it, it should be really, really good. I mean, 
go back and play the tape. The podcast we did about Ernesto Escobedo when he was breaking through the top 70 in the beginning of 2018 were just sloppy. But they all stand. Like, I still I, – I don't regret anything I said. Before there was Andre Rublev hitting forehands, there was Ernesto Escobedo. If you're an totally. OG, you'll respect that take. Totally. Um, I mean, dude, the, the guy still can hit forehands as big as Rublev. Just, like, it, I mean, it's an ear test. He passes the ear test. He's in the sonic boom category, right? Where absolutely. Just like, you, holy crap. You hear that thing in person – it's different, just straight up different. No, I hear they call him the Red Rifle. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he no, he is he's very very good, folks. And so, obviously, those are your men's results. Now, the women are a day ahead of the men. You look for them on day one. We saw first round victories, a couple of first round matches across the board. Uh, you look at the big results. You know, I'm just going to rapid fire through Lynette Kirstea, Diaz, Shelby Rogers, Sigamund, Podoroska, Kanepi, and Tom Janovich, as well as ooh, I missed a couple. Krejcikova, Sean Wang, uh, Antrang. Uh, Aranksa Roos and Paula Bedosa-Jibert were your winners on day one. In terms of your results on day number two, Danielle Collins went over Kiku Medenovic. Your other winners, I'm going to rapid fire. Pekovic, Ostapenko, Korne, Stojanovic, Samsonova, Konya, Zarazua, Martinsova, Garcia, Kutseva, Cerebes, Tormo, Bolter, Sevastova, Sanders, Azarenka, Kalinskaya, Zhang, Wang, and Perankova. Maxi, your thoughts on the first round of women's action in Miami? I mean, it's funny because I think earlier I was saying how the men's have been less predictable uh, than the women's, and I think it holds to to this. Like I, there were, I was saying just now that I, I thought most of those made sense, but it's really easy to say that in retrospect, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, these results make <laughs> sense. Um, no, I mean, I think these are what I was expecting. I think most of these matches I kind of looked at before the tournament and said, I think I know the winners here. And uh, my look, my the reason I'm up this week is because I bet on the women uh, so far. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll say kudos to you guys. All right, I'll rapid fire through real quick. Anaconia, former world junior number one, has dealt with like seven different injuries over the past four seasons. First Masters level, 1,000 level win for her, I think, since 2018. For her to beat Sinyakova, if she's healthy, she was, the term is a the, she was the player to beat of her generation. She was the best junior for quite a bit of time. Again, if she's healthy, she's the real deal, folks. The Bernarda Pera loss was crushing. I think she was up four love in that third set before she lost to Cerebez Tormo. Ditto for Fiona Farrow, who was up a set and a break on Zhang before she lost that match. And I'll continue to ride the Fiona Farrow bandwagon until the end. You know, I thought a lot of, you know, Haley Baptiste looked great in her premiere. Kostya continues to look great, even though she lost her match in the first round. Shout out to Sloane Stevens, who gets her first win in what feels like forever. And, uh, yeah, again, I, I think you look up and down the board. Yeah, there were some upsets that are always some upsets. The thing is, it's still pick em. Like, it's still pick em time. No one has stood out above the rest of the field. Every match is, has the ability to go three sets. If you're betting women's tennis, the over two and a half sets is always a good play unless that opponent is playing Muguruza or Osaka. Uh, but no, I would say more than anything else, my takeaways, the courts are playing pretty average. Like they're not remarkably fast. They're not remarkably slow. They're just tennis courts. 
sports out in Miami. Everyone looks fit. Everyone seems to be adjusting the conditions. The weather's not terrible. Yeah, it's like now that we've got the players there, I'm expecting a high-quality event. And so with that in mind, we get into tomorrow's matches, and you look at the order of play for the women. We've got so many seeds in action. Barty starting her play. Keys, Goff, Svitolina, Kerber, Sabalenka, Halep, Kvitova. All of the seeds really kicking off their play. And then I think there's like one unseeded matchup between Ostapenko and Flipkins. You've got on the men's side, I believe, the second half of the round of 128 matches. That means uh, I don't think you've got any seeds in action, but you've got things like Fertangelo, Verdasco, Corda Elbat, Shardy Kudla, Mo Musetti, Martinez Sandgren. Tons of fun tennis, Maxi. Give me your action on the day. What are the plays you've got in mind? What's going to get your adrenaline pumping? Um, so I've got a favorites parlay for tomorrow. So this is a Corda. Uh, well, yep. No, nope, I'm in already. Yeah, Corda well, over Elbot. Yes. So I have, I have a Corda, Musetti, Shardy. And, and I basically just said, look, all three of these guys have been on it the last couple weeks, right? Shardy making a comeback. Um, someone that we haven't really seen with some good wins in, you know, in the last year or so. Uh, Musetti obviously playing hot uh, and same thing with with Corda and so at you know the the favorites that that I picked them when I took them uh, I had them at what was it 220 for Corda Musetti was 215 and Shardy at 300 you parlayed them together it was plus 195 I liked it I think that's a I think that's a nice solid bet yeah I for some reason I just like have this sneaky suspicion that Dennis Kudla is going to do something funky tomorrow or that Jeremy Shardy is going to do something funky to us. Kudla is the one that ruins this for sure. And look, you know what? The guy deserves a win. And if he's going to be the one to ruin it, I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, But I do think I, I, I don't hate that play at all. I, in terms of the women's matches, I like tomorrow just in general. I like Bencic over well, Diaz Benchich minus two forty five. That's like yeah, I was one. about to say that. That's that's one that I have in my in my just lineup. Just because I know Diaz beats Venus, but like I think Bencic is going to just overwhelm her with her power, and Diaz isn't a good enough mover to where I think she responds well enough to that power. Uh, so I like that. I kind of like the over two and a half sets, or maybe just straight up Anaconia over keys like you know if you can get Azarenka, Sabalenka, Barty, Kvitova or Halep at a reasonable price or you want to throw them into Adney Parlay do it those would be the women's matches how do we for feel the men, it's we what feel about, about Juan Ivashka Fratangelo over Verdasco and Kesmenovic over Brody those are like the three I'm circled on I really like Fratangelo tomorrow what are, do you know what his odds are um I'm looking at Fratangelo is he a favorite? He might be a favorite. I have him at yeah, minus two eighty five. Dude, Verdasco's been crap. I I know. I okay, I'm throwing Fratangelo into a parlay. What's a Fratangelo Benchich parlay? Just straight up. Do those get to plus odds? Probably not. But... Because that's what's gonna lose me money tomorrow. <laughs> that's well yeah, Fratangelo's losing you that. Um here I'll tell you, you want a Fratangelo and Benchich? And Benchich. I kind of like that tomorrow. I mean, for Tangelo, Benchich gets you. I don't think you're going to love it. Uh, Plus 115 is what I'm going to guess. No. 
it's minus ba- 125 yeah basically it's 100 to win 89 yeah what if i throw like sabalenka in there as well that gets me close. I'm I love I love play, I love playing these games. I know, I'm gonna I do just, something uh... stupid like that. I'm gonna do something stupid like that. But no, I again. So I think it's look, be... if you throw Sabalenka in there, and then you're plus one thirty nine. I'm gonna do that. It's so it sad that I'm great. gonna do that. I know it's just gonna feel horrible when Sabalenka drops the second set six two. I'm gonna be crying in my room. Like, why did I do that? What but I'm about, not going to be – by the way, I'm not going to be talking smack on Twitter because it's my own fault for talking myself into it. It has nothing to do with these players. Um, how, how do we feel about a Sabalenka, a Sabalenka, Benchich, Daniel Collins? Because Collins plays – Yeah, Kudermatova. Yeah, I love – But that's why, so that's why the, odd, the odds are a little bit better there. See, um, but now when she wins, she's gonna go two, 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 two. She's gonna win seven, six in the third. But you're gonna all right, tell fine. Me then to... throw, then throw Kvitova in there, and then just take it at plus one fourteen. Dios mio. And then it's Kvitova, Sabalenka, and Benchich at plus one fourteen. I'd rather do the Fertangelo one. No, I. You're telling me you're more confident in Fertangelo beating Verdasco than Kvitova winning. I mean, I watched Fertangelo. No, it's the odds thing. I'm as comfortable in Fertangelo winning. He was so good in Cleveland last week. Like, he just looked in full control. And Verdasco's been booty meat. And so, booty. like, yeah. Absolute and booty. so, yeah. I'll be disappointed in Fertangelo if he loses to Verdasco. That's what I'm saying is I would be as well. And that's why, although that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, just like, that's, that's where just, we lose all of our money. It's a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, again, with that in mind, um, I suppose my ace of the day. Corda, yeah, give me your ace. Lock Corda, it in. Musetti, Shardy. And what were the odds again? It's like plus one ninety. It's pretty tasty. That's pretty tasty for sure. Well, with that in mind, that is our broad preview of this Miami Open. Some plays for tomorrow. Our run through of the result. Hopefully you all are now prepared for all of the action here at the first men's and women's simultaneous 1000 level event of the season. Of course, for me, it was a pleasure just to have my doubles partner, partner in crime, Maxwell LeBauer Rothman on the show. That's why we went over an hour here today. And, you know, with that in mind, of course, Maxie, I want to give you your final thoughts here on this Miami Open. Look, it's uh, it's just nice to be able to turn on the television at 9 a.m. Workday starting. Not that I would watch while I'm working, but if I were to watch while I'm while I'm working, it is available. Um, it goes throughout the day. It's, it's a lovely setting. Uh, and I, again, I think kind of what we said to you earlier, at least on the men's side, nice to not see a Djokovic, Nadal, Federer name in there. Uh, it opens up the floor. I'm excited for the, the next gen guys, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping for some some good matches. That's all I can yeah. say. And I'm yeah. and I'm happy to be back here. Yeah, it is always a pleasure to have you on. We, again, we're, it's not going to be six months between this no. time and the next time. We are certain we're to get you back in the, the day in the next week. That's all I'm. Yeah, say. exactly. Yeah, 
exactly. And we can leave that there. Nice little sneak tease. But, of course, if you've missed anything from our coverage of Miami, if you've missed anything from the Challenger Tour, the College Tennis World, you can find it all covered on our website, CrackRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast, and all of our Cracked Rackets shows, of course. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to follow me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to the super producers, Max Ligler and Daniel Westoff, for the of an any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports, as well as our friends at uh, FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Cracked to take advantage of their March Madness limited time offer. With that in mind, for my wonderful podcast co-host, Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman, for our super producers, Flinger and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and FanDuel, and all of us here at Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I am your host, Alex Gruskin. I have no doubt in my mind you will remember, Maxi, what we tell our listeners here at the Mini Break Podcast. That's a damn break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks. Uh, thank you, everyone. As always. <laughs>